Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. God. Speaking of the other day when Drew and I did Dinos with Drew, which is what I think the title should have been from the start yes. and not Dinos with Alex. Yes. Um, when we did Dinos, right? Thank you. Thank you. And Drew was like, but it's with you. And I'm like, <laughs> so that was my adult mature response. Uh, anyways, when we were doing that, when Drew posted the link and Jeff just goes, are you fucking kidding me? Another podcast? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> I cried. Oh, I was like, this no. is hilarious. Oh my God. I'm like, I want to start 10 more podcasts now just so I can get Jeff's reaction every time. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? How many me? podcasts are you on? How many podcasts does one need? They're like chips. They're like chips. You can't just have one. You can't just have five or 10 or 15. The whole bag. You just sit on the couch, shoving them in your mouth until suddenly they're gone and you're covered in crumbs. Oh no, the transatlantic guy's back. I don't know why he came back either. <laughs> it's because we're talking about silver stars and front lines. And... We're talking about silver stars and front lines and chips. And skirts. The real American pastime barbecue chips. Is it? No, it's baseball. <laughs> Is it? Oh man, I don't know anything. I think so. I let's Google real American pastime right I th- now. I, I think I nowadays it's baseball. TikTok. Well, okay, like okay. we're not speaking for the people. It's it's fucking. I don't know. It's according to Google is baseball, and it will always be baseball. We'll see about that. People also ask, what is America's true pastime? Baseball. What does America's favorite pastime mean? This is just a definition, but it says something that amuses and serves to make time pass agreeably. Baseball. <laughs> time pass agreeably? That's, that's like weirdly existential. Like... <laughs> Time is passing. There's some amount of it. And if we want it to pass, we might as well be agreeable. Like, what the fuck? We would like time to be agreeable. Yeah. Baseball. What the fuck? It's not like, oh, you know, this is a form of escapism from, you know, my soul-crushing job and my loveless marriage and my terrible children. Like, this is... (laughs) soul-crushing marriage my first thought is baseball (laughs) (laughs) it's the only time i can spend away from my spouse because they don't like baseball so i have to watch it by my my terrible children (laughs) i'll have one baseball
I tried to play baseball with my catch with my kids, and all they want to do is sit inside and watch the TikTok. So I just play by myself. I start putting TikToks of baseballs onto their to their FYP. I don't know what FYP is because it doesn't say baseball. <laughs> I think I think the war has ruined us. <laughs> Maybe. Well, what, but, okay, but, okay, but, okay, but. Okay, yeah. If baseball's so great, why mm-hmm. do the, why don't the British have it? Because it's the American pastime. But, but, isn't that just another instance of Americans being like, oh, we kind of like this thing from our, 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 you know, one of our great grandpappies, England. So we're going to take it, but, like, alter it slightly so it's ours, because we're unique snowflakes. Um, well, <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> like, you know, it's like it's like the imperial system. They were like, oh, metric system, that is so... Ugh, I hate uh, it when things are divisible by ten. I think we should just choose numbers at random. It is because... Baseball was the first professional American sports sport that was established in 1871. It was established in 1871, which made it the first American sport. I said those facts backwards, which makes uh-huh. it sound like I was saying 1871 was the year that national sports were established. Yeah, which it, it was, but it, it I didn't mean it. <laughs> it's okay. It was the first national sport that was established. That's why it's America's pastime. Because it's the first sport that the Americas did. Okay, but here's the other thing. If baseball's so great, why is it so fucking boring? Yeah. So there. There, America. Baseball's like, I'm gonna stand around for 20 minutes. Oh, I'm gonna hit the ball or maybe not hit the ball. It's like, fuck off. Uh, Also football. That's like... So, recently... Uh, I was told by both Scott and Tim that real Tim of real horse girls fame right. that I would like these banana men baseball and there's there's a real name there but they're they're the banana banana man baseball team and I do like them because they do like funny dances and stupid things between each baseball thing and their TikTok is just the fun things they do and then it's like it stops when they get to the baseball and so I'm like. So do you not see, like, is this not inherently the issue? Like, the baseball is not what converts traffic to look at the banana baseball men. So, so do the funny things. Are they the Harlem, the are they the Harlem Globetrotters yes. of baseball? Yes, they are. Okay. Well, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, that, that to me is, is an amusing way to pass the time is to watch right people being goofballs and not like or oh, i'm gonna spit tobacco onto the ground and <laughs> then you know yeah argue, argue with the umpire for a bit like oh it's like oh man there would be there would be times where like we would go to I don't know how much how much I should dox people here, but Shannon's been on the show, so whatever. So Shannon has connections to get super good 
baseball seats so you're like on top of the dugout i think is what that is called Uh, and you just like you're right there and like people get so excited about this and like i'm like i'm really excited to drink mm -hmm. and then that's it that's what i'm excited for are they excited to catch the 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 balls that fly uh i have never seen one come super close to us because there's like nets. they toss them sometimes there's probably nets i'm like struggling to remember if there's nets now like hockey game absolutely can picture the nets no problem there i feel like it was just wide open but they were batting like they would have to really fuck up for it to come by us because they, they are batting the other direction right and if they fuck up then why are they playing professional major then why are they baseball? playing baseball right they right. would be playing you gotta amateur leave. You gotta right. leave. You gotta go back to the minor leagues. And you get demoted. That's what they do. <laughs> demoted. You one baseball behind you and they send you back. <laughs> like, that is the opposite direction that you should be doing. So go back and think about what you've done. Oh my god. Like, what if that's actually how it worked? I think it is. Oh, okay. And nothing you do or say will convince me otherwise at this point. And then if you flunk out of the minor leagues for hitting the ball behind you, then yeah. they're like, now you can coach Little League. And then when you fuck that up, then you play in Little League. And then when you fuck that up, you play T-ball. And then when you fuck that up, then you go to jail. Yes. Immediately. Federal prison. <laughs> They're like, you fucked up America's pastime so bad that it was a crime against America. (laughs) This is the worst crime. This is betrayal. This is subterfuge. (laughs) Traitorism. Subterfuge. Submarine diffuse. You submarined the US and now you will go to subterfuge jail. Submachine gun. Fuck that up. We, you know what? It was fucked up before we got there. Yeah. Man. Speaking of subs and submachines, guns. Yeah? Yeah? And shit that was probably popular in the 40s, which was baseball. Probably. <laughs> it was. Did the baseball players have to go to war? I don't think so, right? Probably not the popular ones. Yeah. I feel it's, like popular people don't go to war. That, like, that's not what I meant. I meant like famous people. Like they're like, right. no, you have to stay in Hollywood and act to yeah. make the people happy. And also, they don't have to go to prison if they do bad what? crimes. Martha or, Stewart did. Okay, they could go to prison, but not for as long as if they weren't famous. Right, absolutely. They do get time off for being famous. Yeah, and they get like a nice cell with like TV and... Bidets and shit. Bidets. Uh Bidets. That's because they're like, listen, the likelihood of Martha Stewart knowing how to make toilet wine isn't zero, but it is pretty low. Yeah. It's like, it's like in Orange is the New Black when they had that like famous lady come in and she had like the nice cell. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 What's she going to do? Make an artisanal shank? Yes. Made of porcelain made of it's this new thing that we're calling beef milk it's from a cow (laughs) and they squeeze it through the cow what the fuck is that do you not remember that skit from parks and rec 
beef. Yeah, they go back to the influencer who kept trying to like all throughout the series. She was pushing like almond milk. She was the one that made oh, made yeah, Ron's yeah, chair yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they yeah. go back there and she was selling them beef milk, and they're like, "That's just milk." <laughs> yes. <laughs> the goop lady. Yes. <laughs> I will take twelve hundred of these chairs for my nursery. <laughs> but. None of that has to do. Uh, yeah, war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. There you go. Did it. It's a lot. I, okay. <laughs> I. Listen, okay. So, listen. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen how I operate. And, like, how I am constantly doing, like, three things at a time. Yeah. No matter what. Uh-huh. I, when I got to the second chapter that we were reading, got notifications and literally threw my phone. I was like, fucking no, I'm reading this right now. Uh-huh. And it was worth it. And it was somebody I wanted to talk to. Right. So you, like, couldn't put the book down at that moment, and you were just like, no, there's only book. There's- I was like, no friends, only book. I felt the exact same way. Holy shit. (gasps) This fucking part was so intense. Oh my god, so intense and so cool. So fucking intense. So, oh my god. And, okay, also, just to, like, just to tell the people how we interact, there was also a Marco Polo interaction that was just us saying we couldn't talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. It was one of those parts of the book where we were like, I want to talk to you so bad, but I won't. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So much going on. So fucking much happening. I don't even, like, know where to begin. Uh, do you want me to, like, summarize it? I I guess, like, I just, I don't... I, I, I think this is gonna be one of those things where I just remember, like, I fucking loved it. I was so excited about it. I can't remember a single thing, and I'm going to react as we go along. Anyway... I'm excited. I would love for you to summarize. <laughs> Can we talk about this book now? Please. Please. Like, oh my god, please. Like, oh my god. I'm just like trying to talk about my war book and like you don't even care. God. God. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Rio has been called upon to lead a group. This will include Peterson, the the radioman, and three people of Rio's choosing. And this, like, cripples Rio, because she's, like, high school, we're picking dodgeball teams, kind of. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And Cole's like, this isn't a time for debate. You're going to do what I fucking tell you to do. And so Rio starts being like, I just want, obviously I want Janot to come because she's my friend and she's like eliminating and adding people and blah, blah. And then she does start to kind of like get it together and like snap into it. 
Um, but it's not until she's like, okay, what would Cole do that she's like, shit, I can't ask Janot to go on this mission. So she's like, I can't pick my friends. So who will I pick to do good? And so she's like, all right, I'm going to pick Kat because Kat is solid. She's always there. Everybody likes her. She's going to pick Jack, who she didn't want to pick because Janot was going to be like, ooh, you're picking your backup boyfriend. And, uh, but she picks him because, like, Jack is also a super solid choice. And then she's like, okay, so do, do I pick Gear or Pang? Gear sucks. Hate him as a person. Shitty dude. No one likes him. Hard to control. Pang? God. He was Asian, which apparently was fucking, an issue. Fucking, like, <sighs> I was dying. I was dying. I, I was like, pick him. Like, pick him. Okay. And I understand, like, we're trying to portray a time in which this was a thing and that like because of the setting of this book this is something that we might have to overcome mm-hmm. but i i fu- i was like are you fucking kidding me like are you fucking kidding me and i guess i kind of, the the only time that i could kind of see it is when she was like, I don't know how Peterson is going to act towards him, and I don't know how the people that we're going to rescue are going to act towards him. And I'm like, slightly more fair, but still bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just, like, yeah. I was like, racism aside, Pang has done so much awesome shit. Like, he's proven yep. himself. Time and time again. Yeah, and you still can't get over the fact that he looks Japanese. Like, fuck off. Yeah, like, fuck off. And not only that, like, he is, she's, like, looking for people that are, like, steady. Like, emotionally steady to go on this thing. That dude has been fucking bullied and everybody on his squadron distrusting him. And he has kept it the fuck together mm-hmm. like even when directly faced with it he has said like one thing to defend himself and it was still like even keel as fuck yeah and so. gear's like a fucking loose cannon he's you know moody and he's ugh, yeah he can go kick rocks yeah he can but- and like she literally spends like the first part of this mission trying to do shit to keep gear like happy with her didn't didn't love it like I don't, I don't, uh, like, I, I want to say, like, okay, it feels believable for, like, the time period, but also, like... Yeah, but it also sucks. It still sucks, and, like, you know, like, Rio has a very different view of, like, Frangi and the Black Recruits than, like, other people do. So, like, I don't know. Extrapolate the data. Yeah. It's not, like, technically, I don't know. Fuck it. It's, it sucks, but... It sucks. She picks gear. I mean, if she's, like, looking for people to not potentially die on an active rescue mission, then... Yeah, yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> if gear got shot, I wouldn't be that heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, so yeah, so Rio goes through this whole thing, and when she finally, like, steps up and calls out her team... She sees this look on Jano's face that's like this carefully blank look that Rio knows means that she's been hurt. And Rio's like, 
are you fucking serious right now? Like, do I have to lead this team out potentially to their deaths and think about this level of responsibility and have all this shit on my shoulders and you're mad because I didn't fucking pick you? Like, are you kidding me right now? Ugh. And like, she just she just gets pissed. And I, I can see both sides of this, right? Like, Jeannot's like, what the fuck? And then Rio's like, how dare you be offended that I'm offended? <laughs> Anyways, I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Rio just sets it aside. She's like, I'm not gonna, I don't have time or energy to worry about Jeannot's feelings on this matter. So she's like, we'll just continue on. Mm-hmm. So they have this like little meeting with Cole where they're reviewing the map and the mission and where they're supposed to go. And, uh, you know, they're all set. They start marching out. Rio says, Gear, you take the point because that'll please him and make him easier to manage. Fucking men always needed to be managed. <laughs> Um, And then she sets the others before marching out where she stays in the middle of them to be able to call out orders. Like she is basically just mimicking what Cole has always Mm -hmm. done, which is very good because Cole is good at his job. Yep. Um, The first place they go is directly into a farmer's field who seems to only grow prickly pear. And he comes out with a shotgun to be like, get off my lawn. (laughs) And then they're like, we're Americans. And he's like, okay, I'll give you directions then. (laughs) Back. Like, this is such a, <laughs> this is going to be a fucking weird aside. As somebody who has always traveled, like, under all of my Canadian documents for my entire life, this is, like, a wild perspective for me. Because most of the time, when you're, like, traveling in foreign countries, they're like, oh, Americans, great. And, like, you have to be like, no, I'm Canadian. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, like. <laughs> Slightly more a, favorable. Yeah, it's slightly more favorable. They're kind of like, all right, like, at least you'll apologize repeatedly. Oh, my God. (laughs) So true. (laughs) So to me, I was like, really? He was like, I I get it. Like, again, different time period, different shit going on. (laughs) But at the time, I was like, oh, really? Okay. That's funny. Uh, So anyways, he gives them helpful directions. They continue on their way. And Rio is setting the pace. Which means that she can't back down as the terrain becomes difficult and her leg wound, you know, the one where she was fucking shot, starts hurting and she's like, can't slow down. I've been going at this clip the whole time and I'm not going to slow down even though her leg is burning and it hurts. (laughs) But all right. Um, So anyway, she's like, they're climbing up this cliff or not cliff. Jesus, they're climbing up this gentle sloping hill. (laughs) But it is it is ascending. Feels like a cliff. It feels like a cliff to Rio whose leg is on fire. Uh, And she's like looking at the stars. She's like, wow, I can see the Milky Way. This is great. What they don't see are four men walking towards them with shotguns until Jack's like, drop it. And everybody like turns with their guns like, ah, shit, don't let those fuckers get the jump on us. These guys knew they were there for a very long time. They are just bandits. They're just straight up bandits that are wandering the countryside, going to rob people that don't have guns. So they're like, you're the American army? Nice to meet you. We've seen you walking. We're not going to fight you because we are bandits. And Rio's like, what? Are, what is our responsibility in this situation? Because, like, they are on a mission. Bandits are bad, but their mission isn't against the bandits. So Rio's like, see ya. Like, if you won't fuck with us, you can leave. And the bandits are like, great, we're going to go keep robbing the innocents of the countryside. Goodbye. What the fuck? 
Like, I get it, though. Like, what were they? Like, they couldn't come back with bandits and be like, listen, I know we were going to go get a plane and a bunch of downed people, but instead we brought back these bandits. Like, they can't do that. I mean, I get that, but, like, what was the point of having bandits in this book? Like, I feel like just to show, like, they can't always do the heroic, like, they have to sacrifice for the broader, like, that's the only thing I can think of, because otherwise there's no point to having these bandits. Yeah. Because I was like, are, are they going to come back later? Is this pay off later? Or is this just like flavor? But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's just to be like, oh, you have an opportunity to do a good thing. But also this is not your circus. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And you can't. It would be fucking amazing if later Rio's like trapped in a corner somewhere. Like, you know, about to get shot down to the four Sicilian bandits with their shotguns show up like, ha ha. She let us go one night and now we're back. Yeah. But like, I just don't see that yeah, no. happening. Yeah, I think that was just a one off. But yeah, bandits. Uh, bandits. Yeah, but they just let him go. Um, and they get to the top of this hill and Peterson's like, Hey, should I try using the radio now? Like, you know, the whole reason you brought me along and Rio is just like, nah, nobody told me that we had a radio. <laughs> All right. Like she goes through this moment of like, do I be mad that nobody informed me that this is why the regimen is with us <laughs> and <laughs> the regimen. Um, and then she's like, nah, just do your radio thing. But they, they don't get anything back. They, he just calls and blah, blah, blah. And. So they pick up their shit. They keep marching further towards where this plane crash is. And as they keep going, Rio's like, I have to pee. Has Cole ever called for a pee break? I don't think he's ever called for a pee break. Which is wild, by the way, that he wouldn't call to stop and pee when they're like marching. But whatever. Yeah. Rio's like, but I'm only human. I'm not Cole. I'm going to call for that pee break. And everybody like scattered. Like everybody had to pee so fucking bad. <laughs> I Just, love like, that. Scattered. I loved that too. Uh, so she's like, all right, well... Whatever, this is fine. I guess we'll keep marching now after our pee break. And they do. And uh, so they start to find these signs of this down plane. Like, they, they hit the edge of this forest where this plane is. And they start to see, like, branches at the tops of trees that are, like, broken and twisted and bent. And they see a lot of detritus on, like, the grounds of the woods. And so they just follow it. They're like... Nailed it. We we did it. Like, a plane crash is a huge fucking problem. So, like, there's a lot of evidence of it. <laughs> and when they get there, they, fi- they like, find this plane. And Rio thought it was going to be, like, a little plane. But it's, like, a B-17, a giant plane that carries bombs. And it is twisted up and fucked up. And the engines are, like, cracked and twisted into the ground. And she says one wing is twisted up like licorice. And then she's like, oh, this is weird. A B-17 is what strand, f- <laughs> strand flies. I was like, are you fucking what kidding me? Chance. <laughs> it's a one in a million chance. Right. Uh, so then they try the radio. They try calling out to them, like, hey, plane guys, we're Americans. And there's no response. And they're like, okay, we have to be careful approaching this plane because we could get shot. And we also have like, there's no password like they have with the other platoons that they work with. So they're like, we just got to do our best. So they walk up to it and Rio tries to whistle. We find out Rio can't whistle. So gear, proven his worth, does a whistle. Nice. Yeah, good job. Glad, So glad we brought you, you dick. Um <laughs> But it works. It gets the attention of the crash victims. And then there's this standoff where they're like, we're Americans. We're here to help. And they're like, prove it. And uh, the thing they come up with, that gear comes up with is 1941 series, Yankees over Brooklyn, four to one. 
And like the people from the plane are like, fuck the Yankees. And Gear's like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, they're bonding over the great American pastime. Great American pastime Fuck of yeah. baseball. Yeah. I kind of forgot about the baseball thing. I did too. <laughs> so it works out. It works out. Uh, and then they're like, the the one of the guys on the plane goes, who is Rita Hayworth married to? And they're all like, uh, I don't know. Because like, what a weird question. But uh, Kat saves the day with the luckiest man on earth. And they're all like, ha ha ha. Yeah, come on in. So they are allowed to approach the plane. They find this little campsite that's kind of hidden away where everybody's gathered around this little fire. And like off to the side, there's someone laying down with their pilot's jacket thrown over them. And Rio does a double take because she recognizes this person. It's Strand Braxton. Oh my God, Strand Braxton. Strand Braxton. He's so handsome. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> I too. I hate him like... Listen, Rio, <laughs> the man is a walking red flag. Just, I, oh, man, I was, I was like speculating for the rest of this couple of chapters. I was like, oh man, what's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> like between the two of them? Yeah. Well, no, like, like there were choices. There were choices and decisions, and I wondered what choices and decisions were going to be made vis-a-vis that yeah mm-hmm. so rio drops down next to strand and is like oh my god i know this man and uh <laughs> she sees that he's still alive but he's out of it and his his squad is like yeah he's got a broken leg and probably broken limbs and ribs broke and a laceration and broke his ass and he <laughs> broke his head he's stupid now <laughs> um <laughs> They didn't say any of the last part. They said the leg, the broken ribs, and a laceration. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it we made up. <laughs> They're like, but we gave him morphine, so that's why he's out of it right now. And looking at him, Rio has this moment where she's like, I, f- I feel so much sympathy for this poor broken man that I love. But also he looks like a little bitch. <laughs> I mean, basically. She's like, wow, he looks kind of pathetic. He looks pathetic. And like, okay, this was the moment that I, that Rio resonated with me mm-hmm. more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is nothing. Casey, you've seen me do this. You've seen me fucking do this. Okay. Like you can confirm this. There, Whenever somebody I'm dating is like injured or something, how many times have I just turned around to you and said like, they're being a little bitch. <laughs> Like think about it, because I've done. I I can think specifically of multiple instances where I've done this to you. <laughs> this is the moment where I'm like, I get it, Rio. I get it. He's being a little bitch. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, well, there you go. That's I'm a terrible person. Little bitch, Strand so. Braxton. Little bitch, Strand Braxton. Like, okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> moving the fuck on. Oh, God, him and his broken leg. Like, walk it off, dude. Anyways, um, so everybody's looking at Rio now. Like, what do we do? And the aviators are like, we gotta stay. We gotta bury our dead. And Rio's like, no, no. We take their dog tags. We call the grave collectors. We leave them here. We march out of here. We have orders. And one of the airmen is like, oh, there will be no collectors. We have not delivered our payload. And they're like, 
what do you mean? And they're like, we haven't, you know, gotten rid of our cargo. And they're like, we're sitting on bombs? And like Rio, Jack, Cat, and Gear are all like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like now. Like we're sitting on a giant ass bomb. They're interrupted at this moment because somebody overhears a sound coming from the trees. And Rio's like, okay, we have to check that out. I should go. And then she's like, no shit, Cole wouldn't go. We have to send somebody else. I have to stay here and send in people. So she goes, Cat, Jack, go investigate. And then she turns to the airman. She's like, do you guys have a machine gun? They're like, yes. They go grab it off their twisted wreckage of a plane. And uh, they're working on setting it up when Cat and Jack come crashing back through the bushes, yelling, Krauts! And Rio's like, how far? And Cat's like, three fucking seconds! And then, like, bullets are whizzing past their head, and they're running, and Rio grabs Strand and, like, starts to try and drag him, and Jack comes over and helps, and so they're, like, literally, like, fuck the broken leg, fuck the lacerations, it doesn't matter at this point, they just have to move him. So they're dragging him off and there's bullets ricocheting around them and like dinging off helmets. And like one of them comes and carves this shallow path through Strand's chest and Rio goes, leave him. So they just drop him and dive behind these few logs that are kind of stacked up that they can use as some sort of cover. And there's bullets like hitting all around them. And Rio's like, Cat, you go to the right. Jack, you go to the left. She and Gear take the middle. And they're like spreading out, trying to cover off all the places that the Germans could come around and find them. And they just start, like, trying to fuck them up. Like, it's literally, like, these assholes against a dozen German troops. Mm -hmm. And so they start throwing grenades. They start, like, throwing everything they have at them. Rio goes, you know, Patterson, radio this in. And he starts to do so. Rio turns back to this fray and is shooting off as more bullets are striking around them. She glances back. She sees Patterson sitting against a tree. And she's like, gear, check him. Because he's just sitting there, like, not doing anything. And he goes, oh, yeah, he's dead. He's super fucking dead. Got shot right through the radio. And Rio's like, great. And uh, she looks out and sees Strand. And she hears this voice in her head, like, of just this echo of what her dad told her before she left, saying, like, when you see one of your men down and you feel the urge to jump out, out of that trench, you stay. And Rio's like, but this isn't World War One. This isn't a trench. And that's not just a dude. That's Strand Braxton. So... In that moment, she's making this momentous decision of what her morals are. And then Gutierrez, who's one of the airmen, says, we're not going to leave the skipper. And Rio's like, I was already what I was thinking. So she's like, okay, gear, as soon as Kat tosses this grenade, keep the fire going, set it high into the right. And Rio grabs two grenades, pulls the pins out of there, and is pressing the levers down, crawling over behind Jack and then when Kat tosses that grenade, Gear starts shooting. Rio pushes herself out, runs out, tossing grenades, shooting shit off the hip. She, like, completely checks this German guy. Like, literally just, like, body slams him. Tosses these grenades. She hears this huge percussion behind her. She's hit by something that's too soft to be wood. But she's like, I'm not going to look at what it is. I don't care. And, like, just literally is shooting her gun off of her hip while tossing grenades, checking these guys. And the Germans actually start to back off. They're like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then a bullet whizzes past her, but from behind her. So she spins, and she sees the German that she just knocked down holding his gun. The barrel is smoking. And for a terrible second, everything is frozen. And then the dude slumps over because Jack was standing a few feet behind him and had shot him. And then Rio's like, okay, nobody's firing, so ceasefire, let's retreat. So they go back, they grab 
uh, Strand Braxton, who's singing Christmas carols for some reason. <laughs> and she hates him. She hates him for that. And so do I, honestly. <laughs> it's terrible. Man. So anyways, uh, they drag Strand out of there. And Rio guesses, like, exactly what's about to happen. She's like, they're falling back to get artillery. They're going to start fucking shooting at us. So they eventually get Strand to this makeshift foxhole that was caused by this tree that was toppled during this battle. There's this huge depression where all the roots are pulled out. And sure enough, the Germans start firing on them again. And Rio's watching the artillery come in, like, to their left, to their right, like, trying to hone in on them. But she sees super clearly that they are trying to leave this plane intact. And Rio's like, well, we're overpowered. Their mission is to leave the plane intact. I know exactly what to do. Because otherwise, it's only a matter of time before these German soldiers clear us out. And Rio's like, okay, everybody, start moving off. And Jack starts arguing with her, and she's like, nope, fuck off, I can't hear you, I'm not listening to you, it doesn't matter. And so, literally, Jack is dragging Strand away, arguing with Rio, and Rio grabs two more grenades. She gives everybody kind of a head start, and then launches back towards the Germans, firing off her hip again, just to confuse them, because she does not think she's going to hit anybody. She reaches that plane, she tosses in one of the grenades... Tosses in the second one. She turns to run, but they're on a five-second fuse. So she gets a four count before the entire world just blows up all around her. And cut. Cut away. Cut away at this point. Oh my god, so fucking intense. So fucking intense. Like, literally, I was getting messages halfway through reading that chapter, and I was like, fuck off. All of you. Oh my god. I love you, but fuck off. Oh my god. God. Uh, it was just so much. So intense. Yeah. Like, when she's, like, you know, the first time that she goes and is, like, firing on the Germans, and she's like, you know, they're not expecting us to attack, so I'm just gonna, like, go fucking ham on these guys. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? You're such a badass. Right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, like... The moment of realization when she's like, I have grenades, and this plane is a giant bomb, and the Germans want it, I I was like, this is the most fucking badass yeah. shit that's about to go down. Oh like, she's so cool. <sighs> yep. Man. I love that she kept calling Strand a little bitch. Too. <laughs> that's definitely in the book. <laughs> She doesn't use those exact words. (laughs) I did. I like, I really, I loved when, you know, he's like singing Christmas carols and she's like, she hated him in that moment. And then she was like, okay, but it's not his fault. It's the morphine. I'm like, but you hate him though. Like he's, he's useless. He's useless. And you're trying to survive. And of course you hate him right now. Like, of course. (sighs) Shit. I mean, Let's just extrapolate this data over time. So, like, he's useless now. Do you think he's going to be any better when there's, like, three screaming small children and, like, it's up to you to, like, take care of them all night long? And he's just like, well, I'm going to go to bed. Dump him. Red flag. (laughs) I need 12 hours of sleep or else I feel really bad. And I get cranky and I can't fly my planes. (laughs) Bitch, do you remember when we were in the fucking woods? Tummy hurt. Oh, sorry. oh my god. 
Uh, oh my god. I'm glad we finally got some fucking Jack time. Yeah. I was just saying last time, it's like, oh, we haven't seen Jack in a while. And here he is. Yeah. Doing stuff. He's he's kind of a badass, too. Yeah. Like, not nowhere near as much as Rio, but like... He's... He... he he's alright. He does some shit. He does do some shit. He does some shit. <sighs> and like... He came out of cover to like shoot that guy that was about to kill Rainy. So like he's also like er, Rainy, de- dear God, Rio. I'm because Rainy's chapter's yeah, 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 next, yeah. so I have Rainy's name yeah, right yeah, in yeah. front of me. <laughs> but yeah, and he came out of cover to shoot that guy that was about to shoot Rio too. So he's like making his own moves and like decisions for his mm-hmm. platoon mates here, mm-hmm. and I I fucking love it's it. Good, I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I like it. And I love Kat too. Like I know that she was just like doing a couple goofs here, but like I fucking love Kat. Like we barely see her, but I feel like we know a lot about her character. Yeah. Just from like what other people tell us. And I like that yes. a lot. Well, and even like shit like when they're all like playing horseshoes and Kat's the only one that's like, fuck it, I don't give a shit if I'm in my underwear. Yeah. Like and everybody else is like, oh my modesty, and Kat's like, fuck all of you, I'm gonna Get cool from this and then play horseshoes. Fuck all of I love that. Love her. I love her so Uh, much. And then Gear's there. Doing something. He's he's a spare dude. Just a spare. He's just a spare. (laughs) spare. Yeah, I don't don't give a shit about Gear at all. You think his cat's Like, even a little. Uh, no. I think he left it on the beach, right? Fucking hope so. There's a... There's a Miss Lionheart or whatever her name is now. Miss Lion sighting Miss later. Miss Lannister. Miss Lannister. <laughs> Miss Lionheart the cat. Miss Lion King. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so, so we have all this madness and then we go to Rainy who's fucking hanging out with the mafia. Yeah. Wild. And like, okay, where we ended last time, I was like, there's no way I will be as invested in any other storyline as I am to this with Rainy. And then it happened and I'm kind of like, well, actually. Agree. (laughs) Yeah. I went through the same thing. I feel like we were just completely in sync reading this with, like, what was going on. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. All right, so do you want to hear what they're going to fucking do to Rainy? Because, like... Yeah. 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 So we pick up literally exactly where we left off, where Cisco says, give me a gun to shoot the bitch. And Tommaso looks a little taken aback, and he's like, we keep our word here. Like, what are you doing? We have a we have a deal. Like, we're not going to shoot her. That's going to bring about questions, blah, blah, blah. And Rainy jumps in like, yeah, I think things will be easier for everybody if we all keep our mouths shut. And Tommaso looks at her like, oh, my God. Like, okay. So now she's threatening us. Great. <laughs> Great. I love this. <laughs> Great. I love this for me. This is, <laughs> this is exactly what I thought was going to happen for sure. Like, totally. <laughs> um... <laughs> 
So then he's just like, you know what? Why don't you guys just come upstairs and have some coffee and pastries and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of detail about the pastries. I wrote zero of it. I want it, though. I want coffee and pastries. Yeah, me too. Like, at all times. Like, if you right now were like, let's go to Starbucks, get coffee, and (laughs) scones, I guess. Coffee and Just keep hitting this, hitting the same fucking, let's get some scones. Oh, my God. It's just it's just a thing now. It's just an affliction that you have. You occasionally just just go valley girl. Valley girl, yeah. I was worried. I feel like I say like a lot, as I just did four times in the last sentence. Mm-hmm. I say like all the time. Mm-hmm. Somehow it ramps up more during Valley Girl. Yep. All right, pastries and coffee. That sounds fucking great. Let's go meet the Don. Let's meet the dawn. Uh, so they head upstairs and they see Don Pietro, who's the most intimidating man that Rainy has ever seen. She's like, I've never seen so much power in one man before. He's like a black hole that draws everybody into him. And you can just like tell that he's in charge, even though he does nothing. And he rarely looks at her. But when he does, he doesn't see a person. He sees a pawn. And uh, then he starts speaking, and Tommaso completely unnecessarily translates for her. And he, the this Don produces papers for her, which, by the way, I just want to say, Don Pietro, normally it takes me, like, six, seven reads of a name before I even, like, register this is a name I should remember. Because it was Pietro, I was like, oh, like X-Men. Yeah, that yeah, was right I was away. just wondering if that's where you were going. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely it is. You know me. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, this one's easy. Thank God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so anyways, he produces some papers out of his, like, vest pocket. And he's like, now our bargain is done. And Rainey's like, oh, wait a second. Um, I have the information, but I need to get it to my guy. And he's like, this was not part of our deal. We've upheld our end of the bargain. Our business is done. And there's this very thing clear threat in that that's like our business is done so you go figure out your way to the embassy and then there's this like hanging over like unless unless unless. (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's unless rainy maybe engages with them on a little more business then they could probably get her to the embassy safe and at this point like Rainy's like, are you fucking kidding me? No way. But I'm backed into a corner, so okay. And Tommaso's like, come with me. We can take this down to just us. There's no need to bother the dawn anymore. Like, we've done enough here. I can tell you about this. So I go outside into this garden where Tommaso's like, so are you a Catholic? Which is a wild way to start that conversation. But Rainy's like, no, I'm Jewish. And Tommaso's like, no problem. I love Jews. We work with Jews all the time. He just starts fucking name dropping people. Yeah. That was, There's no way anybody would know them. Oh yeah, my best friend's Jewish. Yeah, he just started saying generic Jewish <laughs> names. Like, they might not even exist. Yeah. So, Ugh. anyways, um, he's like, so what I need you to do, as a Jew, is go into this Catholic church and shoot a priest, because that's not going to be a problem for you. Which, like... <laughs> there's a, There was a lot of liberal implications taking there, Tommaso. A little bit, like, yeah. I'm sorry. She's not going to have a problem with murder? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fucking wild. It's, yeah, that's a buck wild assumption to make there, buddy. Like, 
<laughs> what world are you living in? Yeah. yeah. Uh. Ay, ay, ay. But yeah, so uh, Rainey's like, well, I, I hate this. I hate this so much. But I can either say no to this mission now, and he'll probably kill me right now. And there's like guards on the garden wall with like guns that she, she does some like quick math to. She's like, I can't take my pistol out without it being pretty fucking awkward for all of us. And I also probably can't fight three dudes with guns when I only have a pistol. So she's like, okay. She agrees to this and makes this huge show of like talking herself into it and being like, well, it's the only way and like blah, 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 blah. And so she says yes, just to stall for time. And uh, before she knows it, she finds herself in this car driving through the Italian countryside talking to Tommaso in this incredibly dangerous situation. She's still like, man, this is really a beautiful drive, though. <laughs> this countryside, gorgeous. Always look on the bright <laughs> side of life. Do 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 do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, as they're driving, Tommaso's like talking to her about like New York and Italy, and like, have you been around? Have you done a lot of traveling in your time? And like, blah blah blah. And Rainey's like, this conversation is so menial that despite the fact that I refuse to leak information at the best of time or like at the worst of times. I guess I'll tell him I haven't done much traveling because this conversation is just that fucking medium. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so eventually, as they're going, once they skip out of this weird fucking talk about the weather, <laughs> uh, Tommaso's like, hey, just so you know, what happened was you were engaged, you were left at the altar, and you came here to get away from it all and maybe also look for love, which is why I'm gonna be coming and going from the hotel. Just FYI. And Rainey's like, great. Love that cover story for me. So good. <laughs> she said it just yeah. like that. She oh did. God, I love that for me. I love that for me. That cover story is so good. Especially the part where we're together. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they get to this hotel and Rainey's like, oh, so we aren't actually staying at a dump hellhole somewhere. It's a real hotel. Cool. It's kind of a shitty hotel like it looks decent from the outside but like inside it's super bare bones like there's a sink in the corner but like that's kind of it and like shitty not shitty but like just like bare bones bedding yeah but when she looks out the window it is the most incredible view she's ever seen in her entire life so she's blown away by that um and then, like, Tommaso just drops this gun with a silencer on it on the beds. Like, so anyways, the plan now is tomorrow you will go to confession, you'll shoot the priest three times, then you'll go and walk a mile, drop off the gun, and all get it. And, like, he just said it, like, cool. <laughs> See ya. And uh, he's like, all right, I'm gonna head out now, unless you want something from me. And then he started, like, putting the moves on yeah. her, like, touching her arm, touching her face. And, like, Rainey's, like, when he said, like, unless you want something from me, she kind of, like, shook her head because she didn't trust herself to speak because she had to admit that he had a certain allure. Ew. Yeah. And I'm, like, in my head, this is just, like, a gross old, older Italian dude. Not, like, old, old, but, like, gross older Italian dude who's, like, a mobster, which in my head, I have this very, like, distinct view of that. And I'm, like, what allure? Like... I, I'm not, I'm not getting it. Nothing about him thus far has said, dude, that we should have a crush on. 
Yeah, like, is this is this trying to be the whole, like, oh, sometimes girls are attracted to dangerous men or some shit? And it's like, I guess. It's not something I've ever personally identified with, but, like, I don't know what... Uh, I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I'm trying to... I don't know if I've ever identified with that. I like I like nice boys who aren't scary. <laughs> <You know? sighs> I don't know. I feel like I I feel like I gravitate towards criminals. Like I love Gambit. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he's like you know, nice bad nice boy. bad boy. Yeah, he's literally a thief in a family a family of thieves. The forty thieves. Forty thieves, yeah. I don't know. He's cool. I I don't know. This I like. I don't know what was happening here. If I'm being honest, yeah. Like there wasn't anything prior to this moment that led me to believe that he was like especially attractive to her or something. Like not at all. And like I'm not surprised that he was like putting the moves on her because he seemed like kind sleazy. of like a weird sleazy manipulative dude yeah. but like I was like and you like that What about the sweet boy that asked permission to hold the your nice hand The nice boy The nice boy that we like Yeah I don't know Well she thought the same thing she rejected him Yeah Uh, uh. But anyways, once he left, she got overwhelmed, she cried, she sat on the bed, she finished with her cry, and then she started planning. She had a good cry. And she had a good cry, and then she looked over the balcony, and she's like, well, if they expect me to leave out the balcony, then I will certainly die. But if they don't expect it, then I will only probably die. And that's where they cut that chapter. I mean, you know, glass half full. We love that. I do love the glass half full. That's great. Very, very much a fan of glass half full. I also just like the, like, I will certainly die, but then I will only probably die. Yep. Uh. One thing, okay, I did mean to bring this up. This is an actual legitimate point. This isn't just me saying shit right now. This is, welcome to Serious Corner. With okay, jokes out of the room. Jokes out of the room. Yes, jokes leave the room. One of my favorite fucking things with having this Rio, Rio, Rainy, Rio chapter sandwich that Uh we have is that they are both bold. They are both risk takers. They both do scary things that they didn't think that they could do. But Rio does it without thinking about it and isn't scared. Uh And Rainy is scared fucking shitless. Uh And I love those two differences mm-hmm. in the way that they're written. That that's a good point though. So good. Yeah. And I love so like kind of I think in front lines I was like I was expressing concerns, not real concerns cuz like it's Michael Grant, he knows how to write characters, but like I was expressing concerns that like is Rainy like too badass? Is she like too invincible? Nothing nothing bothers her. But, like, you know, ever since, you know, this whole, like, mafia thing, like, you can just see her, like, slowly breaking down and becoming more and more scared and more and more uncertain. And I yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's also this like kind of wild commentary on how like Rio gains more confidence the longer she goes because fighting a war, it's not straightforward isn't the right word, but like her job is straightforward. Mm -hmm. Whereas Rainey goes further and further into the subterfuge thing and the more confusing it gets, the more scared she gets uh-huh. because she doesn't know what's going on. So it's like, it's the w- awesome the way the characters are written differently, but I also love that like commentary and perspective on their jobs uh-huh. too. So good. They just, they started from very different places. Like Rainy started mm-hmm. from this like level of confidence and now she's like lost a lot of it. And Rio had no confidence and then just gained a bunch of it. Yeah, and they were, like, they hit that even middle point when they were, like, met up in the mm-hmm. desert, and then they just crossed, like, they just went opposite of each mm-hmm. other. Like, they've bypassed each other on these axes that they're yep. on. It's so good. It's so, it's like, it's just like, you know, I think Michael Grant knows how to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to that conclusion. It's, listen, I wasn't sure after only... <laughs> Five years of doing this. I wasn't sure. (laughs) But I think now, I think I'm coming around. In another decade or two, I might have have confidence. (laughs) Oh, no. I am looking forward to his other series, though. And just to see, like, how... Berserk, or... Um, I mean, yeah, like, all of it. But I think particularly Gone... Because I think yeah. you had said that like you weren't as much of a fan of that one. But yeah, I the first Gone book, and I don't know if it was just that like I wasn't like in a place to read it at that point. Uh-huh. But yeah, I didn't love it as much. And conceptually, the idea like sounds right up my alley. So I don't know what my issue was. Okay. To to like peel back the curtain a bit for people listening. I read it when I was deported to Canada. Oh yeah, that's not so uh, you were gone. <laughs> I might just not have been in a great I was gone. <laughs> I was outside of the bubble. I was trapped in my own world where I couldn't get back to anybody that I I was near and dear to. Oh that's a rough time. So it was it was fine. <laughs> it wasn't great. It wasn't the best time, but, like, was it bad? No, it wasn't sure. bad. You know, there's good food. There was. There was poutine. There's poutine. There was, oh, man, kimchi poutine. Oh, what? I need it. So fucking good. It was so fucking good. Like, I can't even, I think I went back to that place twice. Oh, shit. Because it was so good. Oh, man. All right. We're going to go to Montreal and get that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had the best banh mi sandwich in Montreal. I like, love banh mi. Oh, it oh. was so good. And it was at the it was the place Marisa told me about. And it's like they specialize in doing like vegan foods oh, there cool. as well. So I got like the vegan banh mi and a vegan cupcake. And it was like some of the best food I've mm. ever had in my life. So Okay. Going to Montreal. Getting that shit. Yes. Can we please? Okay. I'm in. Okay, I guess I could go back to this book, though. <laughs> I guess. Instead of just telling you about good more. meals, I ate. Oh, my God. I would, too. I had so many good meals in Montreal. Oh. I had so many. Like, oh, there's so much good food in Canada. Mm. There's so much good food. I want to go. Let's do it. Okay. 
the the recruits don't get to eat delicious food though. They get to eat shitty food. Yeah, they milk do. Milk and meat. M- milk. <laughs> milk and meat. That's what they called it. And like corn and shit. I was like, that sounds nasty. Didn't they call it shit on a shingle? <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, that sounds so familiar. I think my brother was talking about that too. Oh yeah. The Marines. <laughs> the Marines. I I feel like I've heard it too, and I know so little. So Oh, you know what? Hmm. You know what? what? My mom made shit on a shingle for us once. Like, it's coming back to me now. Like, she made, like, this, like, beef stew shit. Where it's, like, ground beef in, like, this kind of milky, cheesy mixture. Or maybe it was, like, flour or something. And then we put it on toast when my brother was here as, like, a joke. And we never made it again, so I think maybe it wasn't great. But I think she did it as, like, a joke thing. Was he... In the Marines when she did it. Pretty sure. That's so fucking Yeah, I think, I think he, like, came home on leave. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck and is this? And she was like, this will be fucking hilarious. Oh my, my god. <laughs> sadistic mother. I... Your mom never fails to amaze me. She's... She's interesting. <laughs> She's fantastic. Oh like, oh my god, this is this might be better than the fact that she buys her pants at the paint store. This is great. <laughs> oh, no. I'm gonna ask her. Oh uh, I talked to her on Friday, so I'll call her and be like, "Hey, you remember shit on a shingle?" <laughs> uh, please, also, could you tell her how nice and clean I my will. entire because I can see it Thank and you. I I. You can I perceive see it. it. I acknowledge it. I will tell her. Thank you. It's a little messy with post-it notes, but I need those yeah, for work. And that's, fine. that's that's it. Everything else is very clean. Rio is in a hayloft. Not dead. She's in a Same hayloft thing. between some bales of hay, reading a magazine with Judy Garland on the mm. cover. That's so going to contain some sapphic. juicy tidbits. Oh that seems God. sapphic to me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, going up to a secret private hayloft that no one knows about with a magazine Judy Garland on it, I'm like, that's gay. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it was literally to, like, didn't... It's It said to read juicy tidbits of her life, but, like, the implication yeah, right. was. Yeah. 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 Um, and then it gets weirder from here, because Rhea's like, I know there are cows nearby. I cannot hear them. I can only hear ringing in my ears, which That's is weird. Good. And then the floor buckles out from under her, and she is falling. And she opens her eyes to see trees swaying above her quite oddly. And then she's like, wait a minute. I am being carried. And so she immediately starts struggling, like, put me down! Put me down! Which is like, I love this. I love <laughs> this so much. And she's like, she realizes it's Jack who's carrying her. And she, like, struggles down and, like, painfully lands and like has this immediate moment of like if i hadn't done that this could have saved me some pain but no i struggled i had to throw a fit (laughs) i had to throw a fit it was a little unnecessary but i did have to throw a fit but she pops up pretty quickly 
And she asks about Strand and they kind of point her over to where he is on this makeshift stretcher that they're carrying using rifles. And the airmen are all looking at her like, Jesus, like, she just fucking came back to life from the dead to boss us around. Like, they are, they are scared. <laughs> like, holy shit, she blew up our plane and now she's back from hell. To point us to where we should go. <laughs> Badass Lady Jesus or something. <laughs> the baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they're terrified. They're like, because everybody else kind of knows Rio at this point. And they're like, yeah, she'll do some buck wild shit and then just bounce back from it like it's no big deal. But the airmen are like, Jesus. The fuck? The fuck? Where did this bitch come from? It's clearly hell. And I don't know why she's on. <laughs> Damon! Yeah, so um, this is all fine. Then Jack steps in front of Rio, and she notices that his eyes don't look like their their normal, like, joking self. But she can't hear shit. She just points to her ears like, what? What? And he's like, never mind! Really loudly. And Rio's like, okay, I heard that. So she starts ordering them around, like, you guys, you carry the stretcher. I'll take a turn once I've got my bearings. And let's head this way. They head back towards the platoon. They end up catching a ride with somebody who takes pity on them and drives them back. So within like an hour and a half, they're back to their platoon and heading back to the beach to recover. And so they make it there and everybody is just spread out on top of sleeping bags, on top of tent materials. And Rio is is walking over to the mess tent with Kat, who, as they're going, is like, hey, your ears are bloody. And Rio's like, oh, shit, and, like, touches her ear and finds it's mostly dried blood. And she's like, ah, it's, it's dry. It's not a big deal. And Kat's like, well, I didn't see you were, like, bleeding out. I just said there was blood coming out of your ears. And then she's like, ah, whatever. So she pulls her into this awkward side hug and says, you did good. Splendidly, as Jack put it. And then, like, kind of marvels over the awkwardness of the word splendidly coming out of her American mouth. And uh, they get to the mess tent. They get their shit on a shingle as we just explored in depth. God. Uh, And so gross. Uh, They find some shade to eat in. And Rio makes Kat tell her exactly what Jack said. And she's like, oh, he said you were incredible and that you did splendidly. And Rio responds like, Great, what am I supposed to say? Hooray for me. And Kat's like, there's no need to be a bitch. And Rio's like, I wasn't being a bitch. She absolutely was being a bitch. And then she storms off, still being a bitch. And Jeannot is the one that sees her like storming back towards the campsite away from the mess tent and like comes to meet her. But as soon as she sees the rage on Rio's face, she's like, what's the matter? What's happening? And Rio can't even like articulate what's going on. She's just like, I'm just, I'm just tired of being looked at. I'm just tired of being judged. And everybody's looking at me and they're judging me and I don't like it. And everybody needs to stop looking at me. And there's like this row of tanks that's passing by while they're having this conversation. And this one guy like pops out and is like, hey, you want to see what's in my pants? And Rio like turns towards this tank, pulling out her knife. It's like, yeah, let me see it. I'll cut it off so I can look at it later too. And the guy's like, oh, fuck. And like, just like, kind of like, fucks off. It was so good. Um, and then she turns back and Jano's like, chill. Just chill. And like Rio almost stabs herself trying to put her knife away. <laughs> like she's so mad. 
And Janot's like, just calm down. It's fine. We'll figure it out. And Rio's just like, Stranded, I did it. And Rio's like, it's okay. Like, whatever you and Stranded will... Wait, what? <laughs> and she's like, you, what now? You... Just now? And, like, Rio doesn't answer her. And Janot's like, in Tunisia? And Rio's like, yeah. And Janot's like, and you didn't tell me until now? And Rio's like... Why the fuck are you judging me? You've done it all. You've done this shit before. And Janot's like, I have not. I have done all the sexual things but sex. And then, like, there's a weird pinky promise, which is feels very out of place to me, but I guess. And uh, Rio's like, I don't even know what to do anymore. I'm just, I'm so tired. And, like, literally turns into the gif of, I take a nap right here. I was going <laughs> to say that. She literally was like, I'm tired, I'm taking a nap right here. I take a nap here. We have the same brain. Yes, we did it. We did it, we did it, we did it. Oh we my god. It. Oh my god. Oh my god. Delightful. <laughs> so good. So good. Oh shit. <laughs> I take a nap right Oh my god. So good. <laughs> Yeah, she just lays down, takes a nap right mm-hmm. here. And uh, Jeannot calls Kat over. They carry her to away from the tank line. And they just build a tent over her. They're <laughs> like, this is, this is where she lives now. She sleeps for 14 hours and she wakes up under a tent with a cat and a sign out front that says, Caution, Explosives. <laughs> and she tears it down on her way out of the tent. And that's where they fuck off from talking to Rio. Yep. <laughs> I take a nap uh, right here. I take a nap right here. I'm so tired. Oh, I take a so nap funny. here. I'm so glad you- it's- oh. <laughs> I find it like the whole her confessing to Jeanneau that she and did it, it felt like it was supposed to be a metaphor for a bigger deal. But mm-hmm. I don't quite know what that is. Like. I, like, see, I felt like it was kind of supposed to be a, like, because right after that, she does, I, my note taking was apparently lacking. Right after that, she did have that whole meltdown of, like, I don't understand why, like, not being a virgin is a big deal when this is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, look around at this. We're here with this and we're going to come back to this. So, like, who gives a shit about being a virgin when the entire world is hell? Okay. That's true. Because it's kind of like reiterating that they are not the same girls that they were in Gedwell Falls. Yeah, and that they don't... Like, I think especially in Rio's case, she doesn't care that she's not the same girl anymore. Because, like, that was her big thing with Strand, was she was, like, all of a sudden, like... And and Kat points it out, too, when they're having that conversation about Rio being a bitch. She says, like, you're just, like, you pretend to be a milkmaid half the time and then suddenly you're G.I. Jane and, like, that's cool and all, but, like, what's your deal? And, like, I think that that's a great point. Like, it's basically Rio, like, spitting back that same idea of, like, yeah, why why do I have to be this milkmaid? Why do I have to try mm-hmm. to hang? Like, this is me. This is me now. And, like, I am a different person, but I am still me. And mm-hmm. this shit will keep happening to us. And also, there's probably an element of, like, oh, when I was the milkmaid, like, I didn't, you know, I didn't really like that about me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this 
this version of me feels much more natural, but, like, it's also, like, kind of bad. Like, am yeah. I a monster, actually? Right, because she's a, a killer. Like, that's what Cole told her, is that she's a yeah. killer. And, I mean, I can understand why she's, like, breaking from that, too. Because the very beginning, like, going way, way back, she had that thing of, like, oh, I watched my mom, like, knead bread on the counter. And I think about, like, having kids and doing that on the counter of this very house and, like, how that just doesn't feel like me. And all of a sudden, she's like, now I'm at war. This is us now. Like, months and months into this battle with all this different shit that, like, goes on around us. And, like, yeah, saving Strand must have been a really big, like, cognitive dissonance for her, I guess. I I thought she was gonna leave him behind or have the, Oh, me like, too. I really thought she was gonna leave him behind. Because when she, you know, when they were really getting shot at and she told Jack to drop him, I thought, like, that was it. That was it, yeah. Like, she realized, like, she can't save him and she's gonna get everyone else killed if she doesn't drop it. But no, she Mm -hmm. saved everybody because she's a fucking badass. I know. And, like, I'm glad she did. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm glad she saved everybody except for the radio, radioman. I mean... It didn't matter. He was, like, a spare dude. Yeah, we knew he was gonna be a spare dude. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. But she saved everybody, but I for sure, like, I thought there was going to be way bigger consequences to the choice that she made to drop Strand and Mm -hmm. leave him there. Oh, shit. Was that her picking Jack over Strand? And Jack looked super cool, shot a Nazi, saved her life. (laughs) Strand, little bitch. (laughs) But also, Strand represents, like, her past and, like, the person she thinks she ideally <gasps> wants to be. So she's like, I can't lose that. Cause- so she's dragging her past uselessly with her, even when it's bringing her down in mm-hmm. battle. <laughs> Fuck, that's good. <laughs> Fuck, that's good. I love it. I love it and I hate it and I love it. I love that. And then Jack representing the current state, even though he still judges, but she still judges herself. Right. Right. So these men are just representations and reflections of Rio and not real characters. And I love it. I. Mm. I mean, they are real characters. I mean, they are. But like, I love that the men are like the, the love interest characters and the the women are the one who get like the full arcs and shit. I love that. Cause so Fuck often yeah. it is the opposite. And the women are just the prizes and the love interests and you know, whatever. Well, especially in a war <laughs> book, like especially yeah. in a war book. The prize is you survive <sighs> and you get to go home to your, ah, it's so good. Here the prize is you get shit on a shingle and to have a breakdown. Yay. Of my favorite thing. <laughs> I mean, having a breakdown on a beach isn't terrible. I could get down with that. It's pretty good. You get to take a nap right here. <laughs> I take I take nap right here. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, she's straight, she's straight up. up. She straight up was just can, like I'm gonna instead of doing 
like the like the usual uh, social media stuff. I'm just gonna post that, Jeff. When we yes. when it's time to post yes. the episode. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. <laughs> oh my That's god, it. we should do a frontlines vine compilation. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, shit. I love All right. it. Alright, we'll figure it out. I don't know what that means, but I love it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> who okay this is an aside who in the discord posted the other day that they had a knife and i just yelled no <laughs> what do you have a knife no no <laughs> all right you want to visit yes me? oh my god it's been forever Frangie, Frangie. yeah and it's not gonna go well oh for my her. god it never does brace yourselves poor Frangie doesn't get out of the shit Frangie is staring at Dr. Frame, who is telling her that there is a call for a field medic put out, and there are three possible candidates, and Frangie's like, I'll do it, I'll go, and the doctor's like, motherfucker, I wanted you to stay here. (laughs) It's like, I like you, and you're smart, and you're good at what you do, and you pay attention, and you actually give a damn. And Frangie's just like, oh my god, that's the best compliment anyone has ever paid me. And... So anyway, she soon finds herself reassigned to Walter Green's platoon. And Walter Green's like, yes, we got Frangie back. I love Frangie. This guy again. But like, okay, all of our other girls, not all of them. Well, yeah, all of them are having weird romantic things. Like, you know, Rio's struggling between Strand and Jack. And Rainy had that weird Tommaso thing. This was not like that. This was like Frangie showed up and Walter Green's like, yes, my friend is back and I I love love it. Like, I love that I I know her. Yeah. So it was super (sighs) good. He was so pumped she was back. And then he takes her over to meet the white lieutenant who he's sitting on this hood of a Jeep. And so like she shows up and he's like, oh, she's super short. (laughs) And Frangie gets the impression that he's like putting on some sort of weird act And then he jumps down and he's like barely three inches taller than her. And so it's just like Walter Green, who's barely taller than her. This white lieutenant, barely taller than her. Frangie, who's like four foot fucking nothing. And then this goddamn fucking giant six foot tall dude who's mostly legs walks over and they're like, this is jelly. And I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) So weird. Like... Now I'm imagining him like wobbling as he comes over. Like this is jelly. Like <laughs> he'll help you carry stuff. <laughs> like, He's just got like the cartoon shit. arms. Yeah, <laughs> I'll help you carry all the shit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. So, anyways, jelly's there. <laughs> And he's like, look at all these little people. And they're like, fuck off, you weird giant. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much banter in this chapter. There is. And I didn't even really write it down. So we can just talk about it. But yeah. So anyways, they're, he's like 100 feet tall, and he helps her gather supplies. They head out in like three hours. Um, so soon they're marching, and they pass by the watermelon fields, which if you remember, we had a scene last time we were recording with these watermelon fields. And now as we pass by them, they are just like 
picked clean, everything smashed. There's nothing but rinds, and the rinds are covered in black flies. And, like, all of these soldiers are like, the fucking crackers couldn't leave us any goddamn watermelons, these motherfuckers. And, like, rightfully so. And I feel like there's a bigger commentary here. But I'll let you remind <laughs> yourself. So, they... <laughs> As someone covering this book series in a podcast form, I'll let you do the work on this one. Oh, Uh, Jesus. Um, Yeah, eventually they are picked up by trucks, which is a great luxury for them. But they keep traveling through areas that are getting bombed and, like, they're not really slowing down. So when something gets bombed, they just jump out of the truck into, like, ditches or open land uh, and finally they get to this one town where they stop to ask for directions and the lieutenant's talking to this older white man and all of these fucking ragamuffin kids, I imagine the exact same ones <laughs> as before, they like run around the truck and they're like confused by that. Like one boy's like trying to reach out and touch him and like so Frangi like indulges him by shaking his hand and he does that like cliched terrible thing that I hate so much where he like tries to rub her skin like he's trying to like rub something Ugh, off of her skin yeah. And I hate it. Like, I hate this. People dumb. So, people, people dumb. And, like, it's also one of those things where, like, when it's a little kid that's never seen anybody with skin color different from his before, like, I know why they're curious, but also I fucking (laughs) hate it. Like, ugh, these fucking kids. Anyways, whatever. Um, they're all bullshitting in the back of this truck, like, literally making the weirdest my grandpa story ever. <laughs> like, legit, that's what happened. My grandpa hung out with Marquita Lafayette and dated, I don't know, some famous lady. Yeah, like. and, and then shot a man through yeah. the eye. Wait, sorry. He was fighting indians on the plains and they tried to shoot him but he grabbed the arrowhead out and then threw it back and with the force of his hand went through the guy's <laughs> eye and i don't know him. what this is from but have you seen the gif where like it, it, the context is like when you roll a nat 20 on like on like a shot to deflect an arrow and the guy like spins the arrow around and it <laughs> yes yes i have seen oh, that is the, that energy for me oh yeah have you seen the one that's like when you roll a nat 20 stealth check and it's the guy jumping into the garbage bag and he just rolls and like rolls up to the rest of the garbage and it looks totally like a oh, stuffed full of leaves I garbage bag? That. that sounds great. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I'll I'll start sending you all my D&D memes that I get. Perfect. It's so many. Um, Where was I? Oh, right. Okay. So they're just bullshitting. They're doing the my grandpa, my grandpa and me. <laughs> my grandpa, my grandpa and me. I just said my grandpa and then the rest of it was like, oh, you got to keep going now. Um, So they finally make it into this town where the locals had said that the Germans were holed up. And so they split off like one platoon to go around, but the trucks keep heading towards the city square and they're passing these houses and they're all like shuttered up and they can hear people inside of them like laughing, making meals. They can smell the food. But other than, like, every once in a while somebody peeking through a shutter, nobody is out and everything is, like, completely shuttered up. Until they're passing by a house where this German officer just opens the door and steps out holding, like, a pizza in one hand and wine in the other and the dude's (laughs) laughing. I'm in Italy. And Walter (laughs) Grun... I'm Italian. (laughs) 
Walter Green just fucking, no hesitation, steps off the truck, slits the man's throat, and, like, lays him down gently as he gurgles his death out. I was like, dude! I was like, holy shit! Walter Green of Iowa, what the fuck, man? What did Iowa do to you, man? (laughs) Like, what the fuck, bro? Dude. What did he like work in a pig processing plant in Iowa or something? No. The dude was fucking brutal. He was making like like car parts or something. No, like trailers or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> he was training to kill Nazis by slitting their open throats. <laughs> The man uh, had a pizza in one hand and wine in the other, and Walter Green was like, not today, motherfucker. But that means the pizza and the wine fell. Spilled. Oh. On the ground in the street. Oh, oh no. That's the real crime here. That is the <laughs> not, not Not the murder. Not being a Nazi. Not, not killing be- a Nazi. But the- <laughs> Oh. I can be fired now. Goodbye. No, now I'm oh, my desk and leave. now I'm just imagining a really sad scene, like the next day, where it's like all, all like kind of cleaned up, but then there's just this sad, bloody pizza. A bloody pizza. It landed face down. Of course, of it's course, a bloody it did. pizza. Because it's like buttered toast, cat. There's scenario. like a dog licking, like a stray dog, like a skinny stray dog, just like chewing on the edges of this pizza. Oh no! It's like a pigeon there too. <laughs> crumbs <laughs> there's a drunk squirrel who had the wine lapped up the wine and now he's like stumbling around oh no oh shit and then there's one man do you want ants cause this is how you get ants <laughs> how you get ants <laughs> christ anyway <laughs> so anyways back from that sad scene wow uh, yeah, Walter Green fucking laid down the goddamn law. He did. Kind um, and this, he, he's kind of fucking, he's kind of a fucking badass. Yeah. Uh, second German had seen this, though, and bolts raising the alarm, and, like, it's like somebody kicked this hive of bees, and suddenly there's bullets whizzing around, and everything's, like, buzzing, noise, chaos. Frangie feels this massive, like, force percussion falls down onto her butt, and then she's, like trying to get up and she's like i feel stupid just sitting here like this this is wild but i can't stand up and then she tries again she's like well my leg's not cooperating but she sees in front of her this man get hit and he's down he has like a stomach wound that's bleeding out so she tries to get up again she crawls over to the dude when she can't get up and she's like slipping in the german soldier's blood and then she kind of distantly thinks like wait a minute that was a while back okay so she pushes on she gets this guy she pulls up his shirt she starts fixing what she can her hands are just kind of automatically moving over these wounds without thinking she's patching them up been trained like she's been trained to do she looks up she sees another soldier get a chunk blown out of his shoulder and she tries to move towards him but it's really difficult and slow and then she looks up again and all she sees is this navy sky and then she closes her eyes that's where that chapter ends she got fucked up she done she done something bad happened like they don't tell you that something bad happened to her but like you can fucking tell she's not okay she is not okay and like 
<laughs> I hope Dan wasn't too dejected when I when we were talking about my Kevin being emo versus pop punk. Well, you'll have to tune into the Slater cast this week to find out. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, uh Frangie's fucked up. Yeah. Some something went wrong. Very yeah. wrong. And I like that she has like no idea. Like she's just like my legs just not working. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and she's like, I gotta go fix these people. Mm-hmm. And I'm, she does. Like, she yeah. patches this dude up. God! Fucking badass. Everyone's a badass. Everyone. Such a badass. And so, in wildly different ways. Yeah! But everyone is a badass. Yeah. Except Strand. He's a little bitch. He is a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Not a badass. Not a badass at all. No a little, badass. A little weak-ass bitch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> i just keep thinking do you know that see i'm sure i've sent it to you but it's from a movie with charlie day where he's a substitute teacher or like a teacher yeah at the school. yeah yeah i just yeah. keep thinking of that little girl like i don't give a shit about you what you little stupid ass bitch i'm fucking with you there's a million fucking things that i'd rather fucking do yeah i that's all i can think of <laughs> shit about you <laughs> you little stupid ass <laughs> okay um <sighs> shit you want to check back in with rainy i guess so rainy has a wild fucking time she leaves her hotel room around eight o'clock to go get dinner because she has researched italians and knows they eat late which is somehow the most buck wild sentence in this section that we're reading <laughs> like i just i read that and i was like what? <laughs> God, you know what I want? I want tiramisu. Oh my god, I I could not. When they were describing her meal, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> sad face. I, do, I want it. Oh, like okay. Got all Yes, she's being tailed by the mafia. Blah blah blah. No one cares. She had <laughs> no one cares. What sounded like an amazing green salad pasta in italy oh and somehow fish that was better than the pasta and she didn't even know what it was she couldn't translate the name of it she just knew that it was the most amazing thing she'd ever eaten i'm jealous i'm so jealous also that is three meals rainy that is three meals that is salad meal pasta meal fish meal what happened but like that's I feel like that's pretty traditionally Italian, though, because you got, like, prim- primo secundi and then the antipasti. Well, antipasti, primo secundi, and then you have dessert. Why haven't we adopted this, just generally? Because this is my dream, to have three meals in one, and then dessert afterwards. And yeah. she has to follow the dessert rule of you always have to have one more dessert than people at the table, so two desserts. Yeah, because in American, we have, like, one primary thing. Like, you have one meal, which is one, like, primary, like, thing. So, like, a burger or, you know, I don't know what a vegetarian equivalent is. Egg. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. A tofu. When I, I sit down to dinner with people, they all get burgers and I have a singular egg. <laughs> like a like a noodles. Like a noodles. So you got mac and cheese. And then, and then so you have your, your primary thing. <laughs> Listen, I don't even, I don't even know vegan and vegetarian stuff half the time. Like, <laughs> we've talked about this. We talked about know, this last time with I the Velveeta. Um, it's 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 all good. I just found out the other day that Velveeta is not vegetarian, as you know. So I don't know anything either. It's not vegetarian. It's meat. Neither are Cheetos. Cheetos aren't vegetarian because they got bugs in them. No, uh, it, there's something in the cheese powder that's not vegetarian. Oh. It's, like, made with, like, a chicken stock or something, or a meat stock. Oh, sure. That makes yeah. sense. Um, Fig Newtons, not vegetarian. Because the bees. Because the wasps, yeah. Yeah. Wasp in them. I forgot what we were talking about. Dinner, American dinners. Oh, yeah. So American you have, dinners. You have, like, the, the main thing, and then you have side dishes. Yeah. But, like, the whole thing is one meal, and then you have dessert. Right. Like you have, you split an appetizer. If you're if you're going all out, you split an appetizer. Yeah, it is enough to be two meals. Then you have your meal, which could be a burger, but then you're also getting a fuck ton of fries with that, and probably yeah. something a else, a pickle. Oh, you don't pass up on that pickle. I will. I give you my pickle. Well, I'll eat it. Don't pass it up though. Okay. Get for me. My entire upstairs smells like pickles right now because I finished my jar of pickles the other day. Yesterday. Yesterday I finished my jar of pickles. Um, this has been you. a sad tale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're happy for me. I'm out of pickles now. Oh, that is sad. <laughs> At least you enjoyed them. Oh, I super did. Enjoy. I sat over my counter eating them with a fork like a fucking heathen. Oh. It was great. Yeah. Listen, I've gotten food poisoning from pickles before, and I think that's why. How? How? What? They're pickles. All I know is that we had pickles in the morning. I slept over at a friend's house in the morning. We had pickles because that was the only food she had in the house. And we ate the pickles, and then later that day I threw up. First of all, <laughs> with all those details, I thought, was this me? Are you telling a story about me? Did I do this to you? <laughs> no. Because those details sound exactly like some shit I would do. This was 12 years before I met you. How did yeah. you find another one of me in the wild? <laughs> Your house has only pickles. Uh, yeah, well, pretty much. Like, if you went upstairs right now, I'm like, I can offer you cheese that is past its prime. Has mold on it. It's cheese, so. It is mold. Toss up. Toss up if it's supposed to or not. Yeah, that's true. And pickles. No, no more pickles. But no, it was pickles. There were pickles. Now. There were pickles. It smells like there's pickles, but there's not. Do you have any more oranges? I have two more oranges. Okay. I ate one this morning and I raged at how sticky my fingers were. And it's just... Uh, oranges listen. are rough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oranges are... Di like, I grab an orange. Here's the thing. You grab an orange. You're like... This is a portable meal. This is super easy. The problem is, is that as soon as you dig into this meal, it becomes a fucking production. Yeah. It's, it's like too, it's like too hard and it's not worth it. Like, yeah. Cause like you peel the rinds 
which only kind of comes off because then you've got right. like that inner rind skin that and you doesn't have to decide come off. like how much of that skin you're willing to eat and how hard you got to work for it. Right, and then you're trying to like dig into the middle of the orange to get all the pieces out, and I I have a thing where I like squeeze it too hard and like juice just like yes. sprays out or it like breaks and gets you right in the eye. Yeah, and so like I peel it apart and I've got like two halves of an orange if I'm lucky. Um, usually the, like, the orange slices, like, peel apart from each other and then just, like, collapse as well. And I'm just like, why is this so difficult? I have had oranges that were perfectly nice before that, that do the thing they're supposed to do. Yep. I think it was a chocolate orange, but. I was just going to say, before you said that. That it's so much easier when you just whack it on the floor mm-hmm. and then eat it. Yeah, and it just falls apart. I think chocolate oranges set up my expectations for oranges. I am so sorry that happened to you because that is that is the biggest fall from it's grace. The, like it is. It that's is. worse than when Shia LaBeouf lost his mind. Okay. <laughs> oh no! Well, oh no! Oh. Became an actual cannibal. You're walking through the woods. Okay. Rainy had an amazing meal that we're all very jealous of. Yeah, I'm extremely jealous of her amazing meal. Um, She goes back to her hotel room. I kind of forgot we were doing this, actually. I was just ready to talk about food for a while. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She goes back to her hotel room, and after like 10 minutes, she turns out the lights, and she waits. She waits past midnight waiting for all the lights in the squares to go out. And finally, around 2 a.m., things seem pretty fucking quiet. Wait for it. So, wait for it. Wait for it. I'm the one thing in life I can't control. Anyway. So she puts her gun in a bag and puts it on her back. And she ties her bed sheets together like an old-timey cartoon. Cute. And she crawls down to the balcony below her. She creeps down, and she wills herself not to gasp or cry out or be scared, even though she's fucking terrified. Uh And she makes it down to the next balcony, hearing nothing. So she pulls down the sheets, ties them off, heads down to the next balcony, where she accidentally kicks a chair that falls over, and she freezes, panicking. But then all she hears is the sound of deep breathing. So she heads down another flight, or another balcony, and this gust of wind pushes her up against the building, and she panics, but stays quiet. And then finally she makes it to the ground and she creeps into the square, moving quietly to the church. When she gets there, she finds the door locked and she's like, I'm not a Catholic, but this feels weird. Aren't churches for everybody all the time? They're not. They are locked at night. So anyways, um, she's looking at this lock and she hears footsteps. So she jumps up into the doorway and stays still. And this patrol walks past her. When they're gone, she grabs a bobby pin and picks the door open. And she's like, huh, it worked. Who would have thunk it? She lets herself in. She walks up this staircase, follows it into an area where it seems like somebody might live. She finds a bedroom and she grabs her gun and busts in. Not loudly. She just, she busts in. She quietly busts in. She quietly busts in. 
She sees this old man with this shock of steel gray hair sleeping, and she pulls the gun on him, points it at his head, and wakes him up. And the dude, of course, is like, ah! Because, like, he's being woken up in his own bedroom, and then there's a gun pointed at him. God. And Rainey's like, I was sent here to kill you, which is very comforting to say. Absolutely what she should have led with. And then she's like, don't scream or panic, and I'll put the gun away. And the guy kind of takes a minute to, like, get his bearings, figure out what's going on. And he's like, all right, all right, you're good. And so Rainy's like, great. So she puts the gun away and she gives, she tells him the whole plan. Like, hey, this is what happened. I was sent here by the mafia. They want me to kill you. I was supposed to go to confession tomorrow and do this and blah, 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 blah. She's just very succinctly telling him the whole thing. And this motherfucker is just like, all right, I got a truck. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and Rainy's like, well, you believe me? And the guy's like, yeah, people try to bullshit me all the time. I'm a priest. You seem like a solid person. <laughs> He's so chill about it. So chill. So fucking chill about all of this. God. Like, if this is what priests were like, they'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, so he just, he takes the parish van. He's like, I'll just write a note that says I was called away early to go, like, visit a dude. And, like, because they had, like, three hours till sunrise. Confession starts an hour after sunrise. And so he's just like, I've got plenty of time. Let's go. And Rio's like, or Rainy's like, oh, all right. Okay. So, uh, sh- sure. Let's, uh, all right. And so she gets in the car with him. And, like, they're just driving out of town. She's like, this is buck wild that this worked. That any of this worked. So they get to the checkpoint in the road. There's, they're gonna, they know they're gonna pass through a few of them at least because they've set up checkpoints everywhere to like track movement. But the first one, the dude looks at the priest's collar and he's just like, will, "Will you please bless me?" And so the priest <laughs> blesses him, and they go through. The second one, they get questioned a little bit, and then they go through. The third one, no one's even there. Like they're off drinking coffee. Like fuck off. I don't care if you drive through this checkpoint. Nobody cares. We're children. So we're children. We're children. We're children. And the priest is like, "All right, this is where I drop you off." And Rainy's like, "Okay, like thanks so much." He's like, "Go see St. Peter's." And Rainy's like, "Okay." And he's like, "Don't worry. Everybody's welcome, even Jews, and it's really incredible. You got to see St. Peter's." And Rainy's like, "Sure. Okay, thanks." And uh with that, she's on her way, and she has a shitty map. She can't figure it out. It takes her until 1230 to find the embassy. But she did. And when she gets there, she asks for her contact by name. And as she's waiting, she's like, well, this is the last step of the mission. And then what? Nada. We don't know. There's nothing to do. Fuck! Go get some yeah. more fucking pasta, I guess. I guess. Get some more fish, pasta, hang out. I don't know. She kind of pissed off the mafia, didn't she? Dude, yeah, that's no in no way going to come back and bite her in the ass. Oh, her parents are dead. Her parents are fucking dead. Her brother's are- dead. His wife, dead. Their baby, dead. The dolphin, he is dead. <laughs> Died in a car accident. <laughs> Orchestrated by the mafia. He's sleeping with the fishes now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh no, hold up! Oh no! Probably well, dead. He's oh, no. barely, barely related to her. That's like true. the mafia. They're no. They'll, they'll use him as leverage. Maybe I don't know. Probably not. It would require those two dopes who picked her up to remember the guy. That's true. 
Okay. And whatever. take the initiative to bring it up to the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe. He's mm-hmm. fine. Maybe. What about I... the transatlantic man? Oh, he can die. I don't care. Yeah, no um, one cares. I taste pickles now. Like, I have a memory sense taste of pickles, and I don't like it. If I could take this from you, I would. <laughs> I'll send it over. Thank you. Give me your pickle taste. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's going to be bad. That's going to be real bad. It's going to be real, real bad. But Rainy didn't have to kill a priest. I suppose. And he was pretty cool. He's a cool dude. You're disrespecting me. <laughs> that's my Maybe godfather. sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> that's so delightful. Oh no. Oh no. She's gotta have a horse head in her bed. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. She's gonna befriend a horse. And then it's gonna be a war horse. Oh my god. Sue Sylvester is the mafia. Oh no. I'm gonna buy you a horse. You're gonna fall in love with this horse. I'm gonna let you fall in love with this horse. And then one day I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna steal into your house in the middle of the night and I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) She's part of the lot. Confirmed. Confirmed. Oh my god. Anyway. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Everyone's dead. Pretty much. You want to talk to almost dead Frangie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, back with Frangie. It is not a not confusing chapter purposely. Mm-hmm. So, like, she sees navy blue and she sees green and everything's a confusing blur of colors and sound and she doesn't really know what's happening. She just hears low murmurs and humming and, like, can't really figure it out. And then she realizes she's being carried on a stretcher between two rifles and, like, this kind of weirdly squeezed in there. And then the doctor and the nurse are over her and the doctor is like, hey, you took some friendly fire. You got some shrapnel in you from a grenade that, judging from the wounds, was dropped down over you. You have broken ribs. You got shit all over you. Your ring finger is cut off, but it's on your right hand, so don't worry. You can still get married. Uh, but Thanks. far and away, the worst injury is the compound fracture of your leg. But if you survive, you will recover. And the nurse is like, hey, d- don't say that to her. Like, d- don't tell her she might not survive. And the doctor's like, she's one of us. She deserves to know. And, like, Francie's just like, what? Huh? What? What? Huh? Murphy? What? What? Huh? Huh? And the doctor's like, we reduced your morphine so that we could tell you this, so you'd be awake enough to understand. And then Frangie starts to feel the waves of pain coming on, and seeing her face, like, twist with this horrific pain, the doc's like, give her morphine, just give her morphine, and she drifts out of consciousness. Uh-huh. The second time she wakes up, she sees a brown face, but not like hers. It's like an Indian guy, maybe, with a British accent. And he's like, you just got out of surgery. And he just keeps chattering away like we set your leg and we got you mostly fixed up and blah, 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 blah. And Frangie's like, again, just cannot, like does not know what's happening. But she looks up and she sees this blood bag that's leading into her. And she's like, I'm thirsty. I want water. And the guy's like, unfortunately, you're going to have to get all your fluids through an IV right now, but you can have some ice. And Frangie, like, just gets lost with this ice. Like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's just like, I'm I'm just so hot. And he's like, well, yeah, that's the fever from the sepsis. That definitely could have been avoided if they didn't leave you for over 24 hours, just simply because you were black and they couldn't find a ship that would take a black woman on. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
those fucks. Fun. Um, so whatever. At this point, Frangie's like, hey, I'm still alive. The voyage from here takes another seven days, but it passes in just this timeless blur because Frangie is lost to a fever. She's like sometimes on the ship, sometimes she's back home with her family in her mind and there's nurses and blah, blah, blah. Until finally she wakes up and the horrific pain has subsided and it's just kind of this dull sting now. And the nurse comes in and takes her temperature and she's like, oh, 99.4, that's pretty good. Your fever finally broke. And Frangie's like, can I have water? Finally, she's allowed to drink some water and she thinks no water will ever be sweeter than this one. And the nurse is like, all right, well, as soon as you're kind of more stable, we'll find some some way to send you ashore. And Frangie's like, ashore? What the fuck? Where are we? And the nurse is like, oh, we're anchored offshore of Portsmouth, England. And as the nurse gets up to walk away, Frangie reaches out and grabs her hand and thanks her and then starts tearing up and goes, thank you, really, thank you. And she just starts getting this mix of emotions of like joy and guilt and happiness, stuff she can't even name. And she just starts thinking, I'm alive. I'm alive. That's where we end with Frangie. So the only thing left to do now is to read you the interstitial. Interstitial, friends. Interstitial. Are you ready for the interstitial? I I am. Fantastic. 107th Evac Hospital in Würzburg, Germany, April of 1945. They tell me yesterday was Hitler's birthday, and here I forgot to even send him a card. You know, it's funny. I think the folks at home have almost forgotten about old Adolf already. They showed us a newsreel and a movie earlier tonight. The movie was Meet Me in St. Louis, which of course led various wits in the audience to yell out to Judy Garland that they'd meet her anywhere so long as it wasn't Germany. (laughs) The newsreel was a lot of triumphant talk, pictures of long lines of German prisoners, burned out German cities, and stars and stripes waving over German rubble, stirring images of Shermans and Mustangs and B-17s all heading towards Berlin. But everyone knows it's the Russians who will take Berlin. And everyone dreads being shipped off as soon as they're well to invade Japan. Can't the Japs just quit? Don't they see we're tired of the killing? But I'm getting ahead of myself. Sicily was a bump in the road. A nasty little bump, but one that came with wine, cheese, and juice dripping melons. So there was at least that. And although it was hot and dusty, the eye ties had about given up. The Krauts fought hard and well. They always do. And in the end, the bickering American and British generals led the bastards escape to Italy before we could crush them like insects. The Krauts escaped North Africa, and then they escaped Sicily. They're clever at escaping. But they won't escape the Ruskies. The 119th didn't do much fighting in the latter part of Sicily, and of course the whole shooting match was over within six weeks, start to finish. Rio was made corporal and was not happy about it. Stick got three beautiful stripes and was now Sergeant Sticklin and took over the squad. Sergeant Cole got an extra stripe and took over as platoon sergeant when O'Malley broke his spine falling drunk off a bluff. The handsome Lieutenant Vanderpool became Captain Vanderpool and, much the regret of every female, with the possible exception of Cat Preeling, was shipped off to take some advanced training. 
Meanwhile, there was a dull routine of garrison duty through the platoon, first in a proper town and then in a remote mountain village. With the fighting over, uniforms had to be proper, boots spit shine, ties knotted just so. But everyone got three hots in a cot and it beat getting shot at. Mussolini, that strutting fool, was overthrown by his own people. There's a celebration. We all managed to find something alcoholic to mark the occasion. And for about a day, we had the illusion that the whole thing might be over. Pretty quick. But the Kraut swept down through the boot, pushed aside the few Italian resistance fighters, and effectively made Italy far more dangerous than it had been when it was only ill-equipped, half-starved, and completely despondent Italians. Rio got her first Purple Heart. Frangie Mar spent those weeks enduring two more operations to pull out the last bits of shrapnel. She got a Purple Heart, too. And Rainy Schulterman? After narrowly avoiding arrest by an eager patrol, she made her way to a picturesque little town outside of Rome to await the invasion. We were all awaiting the invasion, and somehow we had convinced ourselves Italy would be easy. Easy. I want to put my fist through a wall just thinking of it. And it is with a sense of mounting dread that I tell myself to stop stalling and get on with telling that story. We are perhaps halfway through my long tale of war and woe, but there were laughs and fun too. Yeah, there is fun sometimes, even in Italy. Two more lines before I reach the bottom of this sheet of paper. The letters are getting sketchy and I'll need to change the ribbon in the typewriter. And then, gentle reader, I will tell you about Italy. Bloody goddamn Italy. I had a thought. Yeah. I don't know if bloody goddamn Italy is supposed to be... Bloody goddamn Italy. If it's supposed to be like, it was really bloody, or if if it's like British bloody. Yeah. Because if it's British bloody, then it's like, oh. Who bloody goddamn Italy. Bloody goddamn it, is it Jack? Bloody goddamn motherfucker. Is it Jack? Is it Jack? In the hospital writing. Yeah. Just Jack. Just Jack. <laughs> I can't. Uh, which I'm still pretty sure it's Chanel, but. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm still relatively convinced it's Chanel. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't you know? It's Chanel. I like oh, how it's boy. like Rio got her first purple heart. Rio's gonna get fucked up. Gonna get more shot at later. Gonna. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that she doesn't with the fucking wild shit she's doing. There's no way. Yeah. Corporal. 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 Not colonel. Corporal. Yeah, are you sure it's not pronounced like corporal? Corporeal. Corporeal. Corporeal corporal. Oh, she's a spooky corporal. (laughs) (laughs) But then she'd be an incorporeal corporal. Whatever. It's fine. Um, I'm, like, kind of disappointed that, like, we didn't find out what happened after that and we just kind of got it summed up, but also, like, you know, shit's gonna pop off in the next one and it's, it's fine. We'll move on. Yeah, and, like, the way that it's being written, we keep finding out about, like, wild scenarios in between anyways. Like, the whole, the revolver shooting Nazis thing that Rio did and it was like, what? When? What? Why? Wait. I want to see it. I want to see it. (sighs) Yep, yep, yep. Yep. I, like, I wonder if 
Michael Grant always had this in mind as a trilogy, or if he wanted to do like a big long series, because he could have easily done a big long series of this. He could have had like Band of Brothers, the Rio edition. Yeah, Band of Sisters. Band of Sisters. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, oh man, that would have been so fucking good. Yep. Oh my god. I'm very excited. So we're we are over three quarters of the way through this book, yeah? Uh no, it's a sixty-four percent left. So there really is a lot left. Yeah. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. I know what happens now. Oh my god. Okay, also okay, okay. We did say this over Marco Polo and never explored it. We are getting into Rio in leadership positions and the reluctant leader. Uh-huh. And we started comparing that to Jake uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit. Uh-huh. I am so fucking excited to see where that goes. I know! This was, And, like, she got her first taste of leadership, and she did, like, a pretty fucking good job. Right. And she still, like, didn't like it or want it but she did a good fucking job Mm -hmm. like i know as you go up the ladder it's less like you're doing active shit and more like you're designating Mm -hmm. so like i wonder how that's gonna work out for her if she's just gonna be like shouting orders at them and they're like oh and she's like oh fuck it i'll just do it myself fuck or something. See, I wonder if she's gonna go through that, or if she'll have, like, a Cole arc, where she'll, like, get to the point where she does something against leadership to save her people that will cause her to just be stuck in that infinite loop of, like, sergeant and then platoon sergeant and, like, be in the shit constantly. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's gonna happen to Frangie now? Because, like, she... Like, I feel like she's earned her right to go home at this point. Yeah, I mean, she, so I was saying about this earlier, because, like, she's totally earned her right to go home at this point. It sounds like her leg break is bad enough. It could be, like, permanent damage. Uh-huh. But, like, why sideline her at this point in the story, right? I'm wondering if she's going to be, like, training people. And that's why, like, she's going off to England to, like, train people in field medicine or something. Yeah, that could be. Because, yeah, like, she's at least going to need a fuck ton of recovery time from the leg if she recovers from it. Yeah. Um, And the fact that, you know, she was on the ship and they were like hey you got like half of your body blown up you want to go home like you get to go home like they did not say that and they're like you're going to england so it's like what options does that leave yeah like hmm. that's super interesting i wonder i don't know anything about this like like what makes it so that you can go home in war. I think it depends on how desperate they are for people, but anything that makes you unfit for service. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's 
especially at this point, like from what I have read and heard of World War II, there's definitely also a factor of like, well, you said you were fine. So we're putting you through. So like if you wanted to go back, mm-hmm. you could potentially just be like, no, it's good. It's all fine. And just like roll with it. Because like, you know, Rio got shot in the leg and everyone was like, oh my God, like you're you're home free, like go home. And she's like, no, it's fine. And, but like, Frangie got like half of her fucking body blown up and they're like, oh, nope. So it's like, okay, is this like a racism thing or is it something else? Like partially, right? It's got to partially be a racism thing because the way that that guy was talking, it did sound like, oh, like they found a, like the British were willing to take you because no American ship would take you because you were black. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's not true because like we don't have a narrator from that time. We're just kind of inferring from what was said. Yeah. But I don't I'm so excited to, I'm so excited for the the entire rest of the series, if I'm being honest. Like, yeah. this shit's so buck wild. It is. I'm like, am I into war stories now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, like, Animorphs doesn't really count. I mean, like, historical wars that mm-hmm. actually happen. Am I into that now? Like, I don't know. I mean, as much as I don't retain any historical knowledge at all, I do. Like, I love first-person war stories. Mm-hmm. Well, what else? I think that's it. Like, I'm I'm excited to see where Rio's leadership goes. And I think that's going to be a really interesting experiment of, or, like, a really interesting example of like leadership and watching her either grow i think she's gonna grow into it i think it's pretty clear she's gonna grow into it yeah but then probably fuck it up yeah hmm. yeah yeah i'm excited i'm excited to see how this continues to go oh and like how sh- how other people are gonna react to her being above them now especially janelle mm-hmm. i bet strand goes home what a little bitch yeah, he can't deal. Strand he's Braxton. Straight up mediocre white man can't deal. Yeah, he's the mediocreest of mediocreest white men. I wonder if he's gonna feel like just completely emasculated by Rio. Oh yeah. Like, and it's gonna oh yeah cause issues. I hope so, and I hope that when he feels emasculated, Rio is like, yeah, well, you were being a little bitch. Yeah. Like, uh, sorry, Jack and I fucking carried you out there on our backs and you're going to fucking tell me that we can't go on a date because you don't like it, that I'm a little bit stronger than you. Fuck you. I'm making up scenarios and getting <laughs> indignant about them. <laughs> None of this has happened. Fuck you. Fuck you, Strand. Strand. Braxton. Braxton. Well, he's dead now, so we don't have to worry about Thank God. He's not dead. I'm sick of him. Uh... When that bullet struck his, like, just grazed his chest, I was like, ooh, he's gonna get shot. I was like, he's gotta be pincushion! Oh no. Mm-hmm. And then motherfucker's out there singing jingle bells like a goddamn idiot. Yeah. Oh! I had one more stray thought. Yeah. The fucking fainting thing happened again. Like, Rio... Rio wakes up from having passed out. And she's, like, kind of instantaneously fine, except for the fact that she can't hear. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. As opposed to being like, I'm really hot and sweaty and I, I'm woozy and I can't get up right yeah. away. Like how it is when I faint. No, I pop back up. Oh, man. Maybe I'm just I'm a like baby. Am I a baby? I'm a little bitch, no, Alex. No, I'm a I, little bitch. You're, you're not. I'm a little <laughs> bitch. I, I think most people take a bit to, to get back. I'm saying this because the last time I passed out was right after I broke my hand. And there was a nurse right there because I had called her over to hold the horse. She just so happened to be a nurse. She was a lady that boards at our barn. That's yeah. awesome. That's a friend of mine. And she kept telling me to like, don't walk around. Don't do this. I'm like, I'm fine now. Like I, I had my hard reset. I'm good to go. And she was like, she seemed like I shouldn't be doing that is the impression I got. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I think most people take a while to wake up. The The hospital said that too, actually, when I came out of surgery, because they're yeah. like, I woke up and I, and I was like up and I, they were like, oh, are you okay? Are you like dizzy or anything? And I'm like, no, I can walk out of here. Stop pushing me in a chair. I hate this. Do not make me sit in your chair. I will walk, thank you. <laughs> I will walk on my own two legs. Yeah. And the one nurse wouldn't let me, but then the second time that I went, I was like, I'm just going to walk out of here. And the nurse was like, can you? I'm like, yeah. And then I did it. She was like, holy shit. Okay. So anyways, that's the story about how I do not like to be restrained. <laughs> Audience, write in and tell us if you pop back up from fainting or if you're a little yeah. bitch like me and it, you take Not, like 10 minutes no. and you're like oh it's hardy i don't like passing out it makes me feel bad oh i love it i love passing out no. it literally it feels like the best nap in the world what are you talking about it's so scary kidding? i'm like no, involuntarily bla- i'm involuntarily blacking out i have no control over this it's not like i'm nicely going to sleep knowing what's about to happen it's just so like Oh, you're dead now, maybe. You don't know, because you're unconscious. I fucking hate it so much. I'm straight up like, yo, I'll be back in a minute. Oh, my and God. And then I pass I don't, out. And then I'm like, oh, that was so good. I don't have that confidence. I'm like, oh, I could be dead. Who fucking knows? It's not. If I die, it's not my fucking problem. What am I? Why <laughs> I mean, am I worried I know, about but it? Like, what am I going to do? And I'm sure I'd feel that way if I were actually dead. But when I wake up from it, I'm like, I could have been dead. Like, it, it makes me question my mortality and my existence, and I, I don't like it. I get, I'm so disappointed. I'm like, I could have stayed for five more minutes. I'm very tired. Oh I could use a few more minutes of this. <laughs> we have the same brain. We're very different people when it comes to fainting and pickles. And those are the only personality differences that we have. Basically. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll take your passing out, too. I love passing out. So if you can just hand that over anytime. Okay. It's probably really good for your brain cells, but, you know. Audience, email us. Email us. (laughs) Email us. How you pass out. (laughs) How do you pass out? How you feel about it. at gmail.com. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Sorry. I'll continue. continue. (laughs) Sorry. This is our outro now. This is our outro now. You can also tell us about how you pass out on Facebook. Join our super secret, super awesome subgroup, the Analyte Bandalites, or just do it on our Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club Facebook pages, or Twitter at Apple Grant Cast, or Animorphs Anon, or on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous, or Apple Grant Grant Cast. And yeah, just write us. Tell us about passing out, how much you love it or hate it. Or you could tell us on our Discord server that we have, you can tell us and a bunch of other Animorphs fans about passing. Yep. 
You can. <laughs> Put that, go to podcast talk and just fucking yeah. let her rip. Yeah. And um, some if you pass out maybe a little too often than not, you can also go to Dr. Maria's medical <laughs> clinic channel and maybe get some feedback on that. <laughs> we have lots of different channels uh of we do various natures um but if you want to join us there you can get the link via one of our socials just hit us up and we'll give that to you um what else we have a youtube page we share it with the chemist crisis boys uh it's at strong shape international and every wednesday we are uploading archived episodes of Animorphs Anonymous just for fun. So if you want to I mean, let's be to real. It. I'm not doing any of that shit. Casey's the one uploading all of that. So thank you. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. Are you. The best. I've done nothing. You do everything else. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Tell me. Tell me about uh, other. Tell me about some other projects that you're working on, please. The best, the best ones. Okay. Well, I'm only working on. That's not true. But I'm really working on. <laughs> my my main project that I work on is a web comic. It's called Beside You. You can read it for free at bsideyoucomic.com. You can also read it on Top Us or Webtoons, or you can read it on Patreon. And guess what? You can read more shit on Patreon that is not yet on the other sites because. There, there are tiers where you can pay me money and see early access pages and find out what happens before anyone else. Uh, and that's at patreon.com slash kcdstudios. Uh, at the very least, you should read it for free because I work really hard on it. I don't know. Yeah, but you should also subscribe to the Patreon for, first of all, get early access to pages, which are excellent yeah. and wonderful. Yeah. And I am scandalized by what's coming out recently because of certain boys behavior but also for only five thousand two hundred and eighty six dollars a month you can find out whether or not dan was horrified by casey's behavior today <laughs> in the discord <laughs> it had to do with my chemical romance it was pretty intense <laughs> oh, no. so just go ahead just slide right into that tier and you can find out the, the, tea. the tea. We spill the tea on the Slater cast. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> never fails to delight me. <laughs> at, at our Patreon podcast. Yes. That we definitely, definitely do. Yep. It's it's real and not and not a bit. It's real. Dan and I work very hard on it. Don't judge us. Speaking of delightful and real podcasts that you do. What other real podcasts do you do that are actually real and not fake? Horse Girls! Horse Girls! Horse Girls is a podcast I do that is very real. We are very, for real, turning Tim into a real ultimate horse girl through reading YA horse novels and talking about them, but mostly talking about other stuff. It's amazing. Check it out and uh, check out all of our Horse Girls stuff. And check out our Horse Girls Patreon because uh, maybe there's people on there that you like on other podcasts. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens. I don't ask me. What do I know about the show? I don't know. Nothing. I'm just there. It's fine. Uh, anyways. 
<laughs> Alex does amazing horse trivia and amazingly funny bits, and we love her. Bits, get it? Like horse bits. <gasps> There's lots of porn. Uh, Not porn. Uh, puns. My- <laughs> Sorry. There's a fuck ton of porn. That is our Patreon. It's, it's just straight porn. Singlethoughtconnection.com. <laughs> Singlethoughtconnection.com. And uh, if you want some merch, duckduckjenna.com, America's favorite search engine to search for one single thing. Aww. Horse girls merch. Cute. Uh, I, I'm on. I'm on another podcast though, and this one is called Dungeons and Draken Beams, and it's also a Twitch stream. And if you like animorphs, hey, you should check that one out. Uh-huh. It's got to do with Dungeons and Dragons and Draken Beams, which is from animorphs. I don't know if you remember that. We're a little bit removed from the series now, but that is something from animorphs. And we play new idiot teens with death wishes that can touch animals and turn into them and have to save the world. And I play one named Savannah, and I love her. Her dog is great, and oh my god, this is gonna date this podcast so fucking hard, but we uh, just rescued an Andalite this week. I will try not to give you details, but oh my god. Oh my god. If I could take playing, if I could take Austin playing that Andalite making mouth sounds with a human mouth and just put that directly into the dopamine centers of my brain Mm -hmm. cured depression cured we did it Uh it's so fucking good so yeah check it out dungeons and dragon beams it's the it's it's so it's so much fun uh what else do you i'm on i'm on cadmus 2 crisis and soup salad sandwich sometimes you can check that one out uh and i don't know a whole bunch of other shit and maybe some other podcasts that we can't talk about yet but that are coming out soonish let's go and um have pizza and wine with the sad nasty street dogs i guess (laughs) oh okay we're eating the upside down pizza and the wine off the streets with the dogs yes yeah okay i love that i would love to do that can i pet the dogs of course then I'm in. All right. All right. Bye. We got to go eat street pizza. Streets. And street wine. Streets. Uh, I don't know. Streets. Uh. No oh, shit. Well, I just don't let's know. Let's get out of this podcast. Yeah. All right. Before. We're petting dogs. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>